Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. In this week's episode, I'm really excited to welcome back Alistair Moose from Moose Anger Management. Alistair and I discuss the power of language in this episode. We focus on how language can impact our ability to communicate and how different words can have different meanings for people based on their subjective life experiences and interpretations. We also discuss how language is powerful in relationships and how we can use language to enable healthy communication. At the end of the episode, if you could leave a five-star review, I would truly appreciate it. Well, Alistair, uh, thank you again and welcome back to the podcast. Always great to chat with you. Um, You're, you know, uh, again, like uh, super grateful for you to take the time and have this conversation with me. I really enjoyed uh, the podcast we did previously. Um, I know it took us a couple of tries back then. Hopefully we can get this one done the first time around. But yeah, uh, yeah, for people that haven't uh, either listened to our episode uh, together from the past or just aren't aware of your work do you mind kind of quickly going over what it is that you do and where you're based uh, just for new listeners sure sure uh, well first of all thanks for having me back it's uh, it's it's always good to, to, to talk with you and uh, uh, I'm in Vancouver um, I lead a team of uh, of well-experienced counselors. And we, uh, the, the name of the company is Moose Anger Management. And um, we run groups, uh, lots of groups. We start new men's groups every four weeks and we see loads of people individually. And I've worked with thousands of people over the years, last 26 years I've been running the company and um, and really enjoy it, really get mm-hmm. inspired by the changes we get to see men make. And we, we also run women's groups. There's the, the healinganger.ca is the, the women's side of the program. My partner runs that. Mm-hmm. And more and more women are addressing anger these days than they, they used to. It's sort of less uh, taboo. Um, but lots of, lots of men coming our way and life is stressful these days. So yeah, we certainly see, uh, men and, and work with people all over the world and, and have for many years, but certainly with, uh, COVID, uh, we're, 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 you know, mostly seeing people online. Uh, although I have one guy that works with people individually and, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, people come to us because of anger, but there's always uh, all sorts of things behind the anger in general, like, you know, trauma and uh, historic uh, abuse and uh, depression and loss and grief, and, you know, the, the, the whole range of uh, emotions. And uh, like many people who call us, I did not have good role modeling around mm-hmm. emotional intelligence or emotional health growing up and uh, really had to do a lot of learning myself because I was pretty emotionally immature and um, had to dedicate uh, and and continue to Mm -hmm. um, many years to learning and growing and uh, and I I feel like I'm uh, very appreciative of all the the training that I you know even though I'm 60 years old I, I keep on taking training and learning and growing and uh, 
and having interesting conversations with people like yourself that are doing good work uh, around the world. So yeah, no, good I to be here. No, I appreciate that, Alistair. And I mean, you know, it always blows my mind when you say 26 years, because uh, it, I mean, you know, when you think about it, you've probably seen a lot of transition and shift in just even people's perspectives on whether it's anger or, or any form of healing that's related, right? And, and I think, uh, you know, when you talk about emotional immaturity, I think this is also something we as people are, are growing and learning over time. Um, you know, obviously previous generations didn't have that knowledge or awareness, and now we have a little bit more. So that in itself is a journey for a lot of people too, right? And, and I'm sure you've seen that in the work you do. Yeah, well, and, you know, recently, you can see that society has stepped up um, just with more maturity and more compassion uh, around, you know, the whole Me Too movement. But more recently, uh, Kyle Beach, the hockey player that, um, you know, is suing the Chicago Blackhawks and I think the NHL and, Mm -hmm. and how... Uh, how that's being treated now compared to 11 years ago when he first reported things. Mm-hmm. Now people are listening and acknowledging, and there's so many examples of that out in the world that people aren't just brushing it off to the side or, or, or sweeping it under the rug like mm-hmm. they used to. And, uh, and that's true for, for men and for women. And um, yeah, I just, appreciate saying that people are changing how they talk about these things yeah and that i mean in that example to your point uh you know i it it was interesting to see and and also good to see that you know there's a change in perspective that men can also be abused and you know like for for kyle to hold that in for so many years and and not even step forward in the public light you know it obviously took a lot of courage but it was just that it wasn't even accepted previously. Well, and and he spoke up because somebody else spoke up. Yeah. About the, the, the same guy. Yes. And um and and I listened to and watched a little bit of hockey. Yeah. And uh, played a lot of hockey as a kid. And listening to the uh the the sports guys talk about it was really refreshing mm-hmm. like historically sports guys were all like are right you know you know drinking and women and yeah. and you know just being tough and you know the guy that uh interviewed kyle beach uh that interviews on, on tsn yeah like it was really good mm-hmm. i mean yeah it was it was really compassionate and understanding and supportive and that just would not have happened that way 10 years ago. Yeah. Or yeah. 20 years ago. You yeah. Know I mean, and so while there's an awful lot of negativity, t- today is uh, International Men's Day. Yeah. And it, and it feels almost like, well, am I allowed to say, you know, <laughs> International Men's Day? Because men do so many bad things. It's like, uh probably not going to get a lot of likes on that one but but i think it's important that we acknowledge the the courage of of men like kyle beach and the courage and the 
the the way people are standing up for mm-hmm. more things and not obviously just for for men but for yeah. you know the u.s women's gymnastics team for mm-hmm. what people are doing about um the disappearance of this chinese tennis star right now mm-hmm. people are taking more of an ethical stance on things and for some reason there's a guy that runs the international women's tennis federation or whatever the title is (laughs) and they're you know they're risking like hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue because a woman disappeared Mm -hmm. and uh historically that kind of thing didn't happen so much yeah yeah no i i agree And, and and i get to witness men every week in groups and individually who really want to step up for their families and those guys don't get a lot of airplay or if they do they just get negativity around what they have done and let's face it we've all made mistakes everybody has made mistakes and we're supposed to right Mm -hmm. we're human beings and absolutely we make mistakes and so much in uh you know, it plays out on social media where everybody just like dogpiles on top of the whoever has done something wrong. Yeah. And and sometimes justifiably so. Right. But but we lose our humanity when we get into that, that all or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think it's important that we that we actually practice compassion and empathy for others especially those we disagree with absolutely otherwise we lose our own humanity and i don't think that does anybody any good yeah yeah and along the same lines i think even having that compassion and empathy for ourselves and you know i think you've touched on a lot of great things that are perfect for the conversation i wanted to have with you today around the power of language and, and, you know, a couple of areas I wanted to explore with you today is language around how we speak to ourselves and, mm-hmm. and how language in terms of how we speak to others. And, you know, you touched on all or nothing. And it's, that's evident even in the ways we speak to our partners, our friends, our family members, and how certain words have a different interpretation for people, you know, uh, and... Mm and how that could be triggering for someone else and having that empathy when you recognize that you may have said something that triggered someone else um, rather than getting defensive, right? So that's kind of some of the things I wanted to to explore with you today, but let's maybe start with even uh, the way we speak to ourselves, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and timely enough, I, last week I read the book Four Agreements and, uh, you know, the first agreement for people that don't know is being impeccable with your word. And when I first read that, I thought, okay, well, initially my thoughts around that was, okay, that means how I speak to others, uh, whether I deliver on my promises. But when I started reading more on that chapter or agreement, I realized that the biggest thing is how I speak to myself. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that and and how, you know, I've noticed too, like, if I speak to myself negatively, it's just, I'm, I'm basically creating, creating this narrative 
and I'm, I'm just carrying this negative energy around. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, a couple of different things come to mind. One is a guy, a, a really bright, intelligent guy years ago who uh, came to see me and told me he went for a fair period of time where the first moment of every morning as he woke up, he'd be just opening his eyes up and he'd say, fuck, here's another day. That, that was the launching pad yeah. into his day. And then one day, you know, one morning it occurred to him, you know, this isn't very good. <laughs> like, he came up with, huh. And one of the things we talk about is in our, in our groups is, is, um, is creating a goal. And one of the possible goals that quite a few guys work on is about transitions. Mm -hmm. So when you first greet somebody in the morning, perhaps how you first greet yourself, uh, but uh, also that, that first step, even into a phone call or when you walk into work or you, when you walk back home, or if there's other people at home, you know, that, that first interaction with them kind of sets a tone. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, on your point, that first interaction with ourself is so critical mm -hmm. and many of the people that come to see me uh, and I can relate to this at, at some level is they came from a family that had a lot of negativity mm -hmm. a lot of criticism a lot of judgment some of it might have been very uh, subtle some of it may have come out in shaming some of it may have been like really dramatic mm -hmm. but you know, the, the, the story around that is that uh, a woman would, and years ago, I co-facilitated the women's group with the, with the uh, woman co-facilitator for quite a number of years. Yeah. And she came to the group and she moved here from another country. She moved to Vancouver and she said, you know, people are really unfriendly here. That was her take <laughs> on it. And 10 years later, she comes to our anger management group. She attended a couple of times and did some individual sessions as well. And, and one of the things she started to practice was uh, saying love and light to you. Every time that she, she noticed that she was criticizing or judging herself or others or just mm -hmm things in general and so she got this quote from a longer quote from dr martin luther king and i i, I like to try and get the uh the quote accurate the the longer quote which you're probably familiar with is darkness cannot drive out darkness only light can do that hate cannot drive out hate only love can do that so this was just shortened down to love and light to you and and mm -hmm. she, she heard somebody else say that but she picked it up and so she practiced this day in and day out because of her the amount of negativity in her surroundings that she grew up it was like that was her default yeah so she needed to do a lot of practice 
Mm-hmm. But she came in, you know, like quite a number of weeks later and said, you know, Vancouver's not such an un- unfriendly place after all. People are pretty nice here. <laughs> so that that self-talk mm-hmm. creates so much of our lived experience. Yes. And it is an unusual that somebody comes our way that's just so negative and critical that um they it's like they've they've gone far down that path where all they see is what's wrong it's like they're continually triggered Mm -hmm. they're continually elevated Mm -hmm. and uh you know we've probably seen lots of people especially with around the pandemic where people are just like feeling threatened all the time and all they can see is disaster and mayhem around the world and well the news contributes to that Mm -hmm. but i think we start as you mentioned with that that self-talk where we need to get to know what you know what we refer to as the inner critic yes and know its history Mm -hmm. and know acknowledge where it came from often from our experience with our parents not that we're blaming them because they quite honestly got it from their parents and yeah so on and and so forth and and it's not about blaming it's about understanding because it's in your body yeah right you feel the constriction in your chest or the feeling that heavy feeling in your gut or your solar plexus or however it shows up in your body, the clenching of of the jaw. Mm -hmm. And we're just elevated up into fight or flight, or at least to the edge of that maybe. Yeah. And we're defensive Mm -hmm. and we're not trusting. Yeah. Anxiety is up and, you know, you start every day like that. It's like, which is why I spend like half an hour every morning meditating um, and the meditation is just a practice in staying with my breathing, breathing really slow, which is a form of self-soothing, mm-hmm. slowing the heart rate down. And, uh, and so I practice that every morning and my mind wanders all over the place because I've been running a business for 26 years, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, among other things. Yeah. And, um, and so the practice is being compassionate with myself, mm-hmm. being kind with myself and having a bit of a, a sense of humor about the whole thing, because yes. yeah, I, my mind wanders and then I bring it back. Yep. I make mistakes, so to speak, and then bring it back, but without judgment, without you know, too much self-criticism. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like we need to practice this a lot if we were around other things when we were growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, there's, a, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you, you, uh, you can relate to some of that. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a, you know, there's an aspect of guilt or shame that we carry too, right. To your point, when we make a mistake and the default is going to that space of guilt and shame rather than having compassion. And for me, you know, the reason why I can relate it, it, as you mentioned, is it comes back to being a child and my parents sending me this message that I should know better. So even 
now when I make a mistake as a grown man, the, the immediate dialogue that comes in my head is you should know better. And it's taken a lot of work for me to like really pause at that moment and have compassion for myself and remind myself that, hey, I'm human. I'm figuring it out. If I knew better, I would have done better, but I didn't. And now I do. Right. So it's just having that space for yourself where it's, you can tell yourself it's okay to make a mistake and, and not just let it linger on for days and, and walk around with this guilt and shame, because in that space, you're just creating or manifesting that in your life. So you're, you, it's almost like this cycle that you've now created and you can't get out of it. You continue mm -hmm. to make mistakes. You start with the guilt and then you continue to make mistakes and you keep falling down and down. And you, so that's been a huge, huge uh, piece of work for me. And then along those lines, in terms of what you said of that self-love and having that um, kind of space for yourself is taking care of myself like I would my own child, you know, making proper meals for myself, just being kind not only with the way I speak to myself, but also I, how I treat myself physically um, and, and being mindful of those little things. Yeah, yeah, because if you, if you don't treat yourself well, you're a lot less likely to treat others well, or, or at least, you know, treat others well in a sustainable manner. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes yeah. people are super kind to others and not to themselves, but there's something unsustainable about it. Correct. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the biggest realization for me was also is if I speak to myself a certain way, I'm basically setting the blueprint for others on how they can speak to me. <laughs> right. And, mm -hmm. and if I, if I have this negative dialogue, I'm basically telling others, you can speak to me this way too. And it's funny because when others talk to us that way, we get really upset without recognizing that, well, that's the energy we're putting out there. <laughs> so, so that's taken a lot of work and awareness too in recognizing that, well, I set the bar on how I want to be treated based on how I treat myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you, and then you walk through life uh, differently. You hold yourself differently and um and you're more likely to to face somebody head on whereas some you know somebody will insult another person and you can see that person's body language just shrink just mm -hmm. collapse um you know whereas they can just they don't have to but that's that's their default yeah whereas you know, with some understanding of themselves and uh, and some safety, they they can learn how to hold themselves upright, be open, you know, and and deliver whatever message is important there. I uh, many years ago, my kids were with me, and and they had a friend over, and this kid was probably about I don't know. 13 or 14 and they were sitting at dinner at the dinner table and he just looked at my daughter with this serious look and he just held it made her completely uncomfortable and he was just messing with her but you could tell 
he had some ability to have that sort of personal power where he could be solid in himself. And he was just checking it out. And she got all uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is, which is, you know, I think if she had a bit more experience with him around that, she would have figured out how to, how to be solid in her response, mm -hmm. but not being used to be not having familiarity with that. It's like, she didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just interesting watching, you know, young teenagers working on stuff like that and um, figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think along those lines, like in terms of, you know, we're talking about how we treat ourselves or how we speak to ourselves and, you know, uh, just in terms of the work you do as well. I think a lot of that anger comes from there too. Right. And, and we just don't know how to pinpoint it. And, and a lot of it is created by ourselves and we bottle it up and, and, and then obviously we just don't know how to express it. And it kind of shows up as a form of anger because we just haven't learned that healthy expression. And, and most of the time people know that it's not what others are doing. It's our own self-created conflict. That's bringing that about. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the whole sort of training many of us got growing up about what it means to be a man doesn't include, you know, listening and compassion and, and empathy. And I had a guy call me up the other day and like, I don't take these things to, I don't personalize them. Yeah. He was one angry guy. Like <laughs> he was upset at the world and, uh, and, you know, I didn't expect him to follow through, but, and I'm pretty sure he won't, but he was upset because these kids ride their bicycles up and down a sidewalk. <laughs> and firstly, you know, I have to hold back my humor. Yeah. I'm, I, I use a fair bit of humor. And for him, he was so upset about uh, so many things that he had absolutely no control over. Mm -hmm. like who moves into the city who lives in the city right you can hear a little bit of racism behind it yeah maybe a lot of racism but um and then that people are doing what they're not supposed to do people aren't following the <laughs> rules and he was and he actually sounds like an like he's really a nice guy yeah he does things for his neighbors. He's out raking the leaves. He's doing his neighbor's house. But he gets so wrapped up in all these things that he has no control over. And so he has this negative thing going on about how terrible society is and how awful everything is. And yeah, you can get swept up in that, but it's completely counterproductive. It because is. by the end of it, He's like, well, I'm just never going to rake my leaves again. And, you know, <laughs> uh, if I, you know, if I have to pay for this, because he thought our services were free and they're not. And if I have to pay for this, well, I'll just go to jail then. Right. I was like, okay, this, this is completely irrational. Yeah. <laughs> you should probably talk to the guy at a different time because he's so swept up in the, you know, just in the, this is unfair. Yeah, yeah. And when you think about it, like how old are you 
when you're saying that's not fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kids when they're six or seven, like to use that terminology. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I could tell he, he actually did have a heart in there, but he wasn't, he wasn't able to connect to his intelligence and his heart. And it was just, he was just completely in survival mode. Mm -hmm. So I can have some compassion for that. And I can, I can even see a bit of humor in how he's like, like, it's so childish yeah. the way he's reacting. Right. You know, I, I don't let any of that out <laughs> for him because he's not ready for that yet. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm uh, working with a couple the other day and, you know, and I tell them, I, I tell them about what my wife and I do, which is. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, because I'm not perfect, even if I've done this for 26 years, <laughs> I'll be doing or saying something and she'll say, how old are you right now? Yeah. And I'll go, four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not really at my peak, best maturity level. Yeah. And we'll have a laugh about it. And I, and I don't have to get all defensive about it. Yeah. Because I'm... I make mistakes. Yeah. I I'm imperfect and I'm not seeking perfection. Right. I'm seeking growth and yeah. learning. And you know, that guy that I was on the phone with not quite ready for the learning. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Um, and I and I feel bad for him. And I think I might send him another text just with a link to the arousal cycle, which is on, on, on the, the angerman.ca website. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of videos there on the resources page, but one of them shows all the physiology that happens as we escalate mm -hmm. and what happens in your body and in your brain and the blood flows and the hormones and it and it explains all of this so that people recognize this is so physiological. This is so much about our nervous system that if we can take time as I do every morning to calm the nervous system, to be connected to it, it gives us a better ability to, to step back and notice. We're more likely because we practice noticing, wow, I feel this constriction in my, in my chest or that my cheeks are flushed or I can mm -hmm. feel the heat rising up into my head. Or I just noticed that I blamed somebody else mm -hmm. or that I'm, uh, being all defensive or whatever it is, because if we can notice these things, then we can change that dialogue in our head. Absolutely. Change what we're doing with our, our own physiology mm -hmm. um, and, and work with it just more intelligently. Yeah. But we, we have to be able to notice this stuff. And I grew up learning just to to numb and ignore and pretend like everything was fine when it wasn't, or just blow up and lose it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which wasn't very effective. <laughs> no, no. And, and I mean, it's interesting. You mentioned like this person you've been talking to that, you know, we all kind of have to go through our own journey. And uh, for some people, it just takes a little longer. Right. And one yep. of the things like when my friends are in that state where they're just complaining or blaming everyone, you know, I, I just ask them a simple question and they don't always appreciate it. Um, 
<laughs> because they're not ready to accept it yet. But I'm like, are you mad at the situation or other people or more with yourself? And if you're angry with yourself in those situations, you really need to understand why. And, you know, quite often, like, you know, in that example, people will do something nice for someone. And when then they create this expectation in their mind that they should get something in return, mm -hmm. even if it's a thank you. And when yeah. they don't get that thank you, they get extremely angry and upset. And, you know, and that's where I challenge my friends. I'll be like, well, are you angry with this person? Or are you angry with yourself for setting yourself up for failure by having an expectation? So, and, you know, often they'll tell me to <laughs> take a hike, but, but sometimes when they're ready, <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. they're willing to really reflect on that and, and kind of understand where, where is this coming from? Yeah, maybe not right in the moment, but sometime the next day or the next week or the next month even, who knows? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I know like most of the time when I get upset about a situation, it has more to do with me than anything else going around me, uh, whether it's another person or it's just an outcome that I wasn't expecting or didn't want. Um, and I think that's, you know, a lot of that anger or resentment comes for ourselves rather than anything else around us. Yeah, yeah, especially when things uh, surprise us, when we're not prepared, the, the unexpected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which, you know, it seems, seems like the world is a little less uh, predictable these days. Yeah. Whether it's uh, about, uh, you know, the weather and climate change and floods and, uh, mudslides or it's about uh an ever-changing uh pandemic around the world or or whatever else it might be it's yeah change uh, continues to happen it seems at a substantial rate and we have to take the time to slow down and and uh i think that's one of the biggest things that guys get is that they they learn to pause Mm -hmm. which sounds simple but it's not taking that pause no. can be one of the hardest things taking that pause and doing something different than you may have done yeah can take a tremendous amount of effort and and courage to try something different mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah but you know we need to get out of our comfort zone yeah well, I, I obviously, like you said, it's definitely hard. And that's why you've been in business for so long. If it was easy, then you wouldn't. Everybody be would do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. And yeah. uh, business is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of shifting over to the other part of like, in terms of language and, you know, you touched on it earlier, all or nothing thinking. And, and a lot of that is evident even in our language, right? Where, and you and I talked about this in our last po podcast episode, where even with our partners, where we're saying, hey, you always do this, or you never do this. And, and one of the other things I wanted to also touch on was, you know, especially in the culture and society we live in, like, there's so many things that are open to interpretation. And even our perspective on words are so unique and different, right? And one of the things... I found like just even using the word trauma, if I said, oh, 
that was traumatizing for me. I find often people get very triggered because they either feel like I'm minimizing their trauma or they don't agree with what I'm defining as traumatic. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's, you know, what I wanted to explore around this was a lot of things happen to us and, you know, we all have different experiences in life, big or small, but our perspectives are so unique and that's what makes things, I think, interesting. Otherwise, if we had very similar views on things, the world would be a very boring place. So I don't know what your thoughts are on, on the whole aspect of language when we talk to other people. Yeah, well, and the more reactive, right, the, you know, the less dialogue and the, the more monologue seems to happen. Mm -hmm. And you certainly see that in social media, where you, if you follow some thread down, people are just repeating themselves, or maybe getting more extreme in how they're repeating themselves. But there's no, there's no dialogue. Yeah, there's, there's nothing going on there. So people are, are completely closed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was thinking about that the, the, this morning, how, you know, challenge yourself to really be compassionate and use empathy with the next person that you disagree with. Mm -hmm. Like really put yourself in their shoes. Try to, try to figure out what it's like to be them which really connects you with their humanity mm -hmm. and their pain and their sadness mm -hmm. and their passion, all of these things. Yeah. And, and then you, you risk learning something, <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's so much going on where people are, are just practicing not doing that. And um, you know, if somebody steps out of line you know, especially somebody who, who has a, a big following or a celebrity, they say the wrong thing and everybody's just jumping all over them. Like it's the end of the world. And it's like, you know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. This is like, is anybody going to die because this guy said he, instead of she or they, or whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. And it's like, for me, even saying that he, she, or they, I'm like, oh man, am I in trouble now? <laughs> yeah, I feel a little constriction, like I'm not supposed to, you know, use an example like that because it's like, well, is that going to create a big issue? Yeah. I mean, probably not, but you know, the wrong person says that in the wrong place in the wrong time, and they're going to have people piling on mm -hmm. that they shouldn't be making light of that. And yeah. I'm not making light of it. It's just, nobody's gonna die because I said that. Mm -hmm. And so if people are responding as if somebody's gonna die, as if it's the end of the world, mm -hmm. it's like, all right, well, what's going on there? Probably if you look into that person, they definitely, there is some trauma in there mm -hmm. because it's like somebody just pushed a button that happens to be like a hot piece of coal yeah. Right. And you just pushed right into their skin and they're blowing up like it's the end of the world. And I don't have to be personalizing that. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can, I, I can have some understanding 
And if the person's willing at some point down, you know, after a period of time has passed to have dialogue, totally open for it. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, I'm okay not to, <laughs> right? but uh, yeah, you know, like I, I saw somebody say that as a response to somebody, basically somebody who was getting really, really irate. Mm -hmm. Is anybody going to die right now? Is anybody going to die? Like really seriously? Yeah. Like, well, no. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's like just making sure yeah yeah and you know that's probably not the right thing to say most of the time with most people but you know it's like we need to to check things out absolutely yeah and um, i think a part of the problem yeah. i'm seeing is there's such a divide in pretty much everything now right like and the most recent thing is that should I get the vaccine or should I not get the vaccine? And then you almost get, you know, kind of like kicked out of society for having a certain view on things and expressing that view. Meanwhile, we talk about freedom of speech or freedom of expression. And, and then you're kind of feeling like scared to even express yourself because you're worried about the backlash that may come with it. And, and one of the things I feel like people are very, like they're so stuck to their opinions that they're not even willing to see that maybe there's another opinion out there that could also be right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, one of the things I try to practice myself and, and it's hard, but understanding that I have an opinion and a perspective on things because of my life experiences, because of how I've been raised or, or the culture I grew up in, but that doesn't mean that's, the only opinion that needs to exist there's other equally valuable opinions that i could learn from if i just put my ego on the side and just maintained humility and remind myself that i could also learn from others yeah and and it's good like personally i think it's good that people are making their own decisions around yeah. these things yeah like we're not forcing people to make certain decisions, but it's when people get so outraged that this is, you know, people should be doing this, right? And whenever the people use the word should, yeah, there's a lot of judgment and often shaming going along with it. Mm -hmm. And whether you're pro or against whatever, right? It's like, do we do we have to force our view on other people? I don't I don't think so. Mm -hmm. You know that's that's where we lose ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, it, and people will say things like, "Well, it's the principle of it." I go, "Well, you know, is the principle more important than being kind, being uh, caring about?" other people as if they are people and, yeah. um, and sometimes a parent, a father or a mother will, you know, get so connected, uh, wound up in the principle that they forget that actually the relationship is a lot more important than whatever the principle is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that, um, so people lose themselves. And I think that's, 
that's part of what happens when people come and see us is we we work on connecting them with who they are at their core Mm -hmm. because at people's core there's usually some space for loving connection with other people absolutely yeah and and at their core there's also usually this scared little kid who's afraid that he's going to die if this or this doesn't happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right so if nobody listens to me then it actually that part of him does feel like the end of the world and it does feel like he's going to die except that's just one part of him that's not his whole being right and he needs to relate differently to himself so that he can alter that relationship so we connect with more maturity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but you know i yeah and uh promoting compassion and empathy and people being true to themselves doesn't get a lot of airplay (laughs) it's not a disaster yeah right the the disasters and the 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 hatred gets a lot more uh time on the news Mm -hmm. and so then i think it's it's easy for people to start thinking well it's worse than it's ever been and that society is going to hell and yeah you know and and i also think well it also may be the safest time in the history of human beings existence on this planet at least where i live walking around north vancouver it's pretty darn safe (laughs) yeah i mean you know it's safe yeah and i've traveled to a lot of countries in the world where it doesn't always feel safe to walk the streets yeah i agree but but also you know (laughs) knock on wood uh nothing real as bad has ever happened to me yeah yeah spending a lot of time in a lot of different countries um so we can focus on that and i think that's also why i i I live right beside trails and basically you could walk as long as you wanted to walk on these trails yeah i think they literally they they go on forever um and uh that that helps yeah uh that's healing for me for sure if if i if if that you know if somebody asked me do you go to a church i go yeah a lot of trees in that church (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's organized by trees and by nature yeah not not by people yeah no i and it's important to find that space of where you can feel comfortable and heal right and and a lot of the times i get that same feeling in nature um but like so so can i ask you what what do you do around your self-talk like how do you observe it and what do you do with it just on a daily basis um i mean it's it's not easy and and one of the things i struggle with is consistency but uh, I really had to reframe my inner dialogue. And, and one of the things that worked for me uh, is starting with positive affirmations. And, and basically anything I, or any beliefs I had about myself, which often exists on a subconscious level, right? 
And anytime something happens, whether it's with your partner or, or your friends, you get triggered. And the reason why I found I was getting triggered was because of these limiting beliefs I had on a subconscious level. So for me, in order to rewire all of that, I had to start with positive affirmations that changed or reframed those beliefs I had. So one of the biggest mm -hmm. ones was, I'm not good enough. So it's reminding myself that I am worthy of good things and I am worthy of love wherever I go. <clears throat> and that really helped me reprogram things. And, and now it's at a point where whenever I feel guilt or shame or I catch myself speaking negatively to myself is pausing and reminding myself of what it is I am doing and what my purpose is. And my purpose is to really be a human, make mistakes, grow, learn. And yeah, yeah if, I, if I keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again, then there is a problem there. But if I'm making a mistake and I'm telling myself, okay, even if I can improve 1% next time, that is growth. And to your point, I think a lot of it has to come with compassion and empathy for ourselves. Otherwise, you just carry that shame around all the time. And tying the two together by being able to hold that space for myself, when I hear other people say things that I may not agree with, or they may say something I find offensive, it's not personalizing it, but having compassion and empathy for them as well, and reminding myself that there is something going on with them that needs healing otherwise they wouldn't say things like that so mm -hmm. so it's tying the two together in terms of just language and and even when other people say things that could be offensive or or i may not agree with it's having that compassion around well their life experiences have been different they've gone through different things maybe more traumatic things i don't know that i've never been in their shoes so so it's having mm -hmm. that compassion for everyone, right? And it starts with yourself. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of the work that I did, because I can relate to that whole, I'm not good enough, um, which I think occurs, you know, usually starts in us when we're little. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's passed down for, to us from our parents or grandparents. And, and, and then sometimes things happen in life. Like, uh, like for me, I was, uh, we were living in um, South America and uh, in the sixties and uh, my older brother and I were sent off to live in Holland with mm -hmm. an aunt and uncle. And that was one of the things I got out of that as a four-year-old was, I don't know what I did wrong, but I better not do that again. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so there's this trepidation that came into me that I had to slow everything down and really think things through before doing things or, or, you know, it was like, I was afraid to make mistakes, mm -hmm. uh, afraid to disappoint somebody. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and that, that comes from, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not trustworthy um, because as a little kid, you're, we're egocentric. Everything, everything that happens around us, uh, we interpret it as about us. 
And that's true for good things as well. A lot of good things happen. You're like, hey, right? This well, is and great. I, and I think we do that as adults too, right? Like we are sure. so in our heads that anything we, we personalize it if we haven't really done the work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to connect with that younger part in us and really learn how to relate to it and to recognize what its needs are and how to provide for those needs. Mm -hmm. So if I'm feeling this toxic shame in me, it's important that I, I allow myself to really feel that, which usually happens in the core of the body for me in my solar plexus. Mm -hmm. There's a, a heaviness to it. And, and, and I, for, I, I need to take the time to, uh, to soothe myself, to be kind to myself, mm -hmm. to remind myself it's okay. Yeah. Not really the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Like we're going traveling tomorrow to the U.S. and and I, I had to take a, a COVID test. And we got these things that you can do at home on, and, and do it online. And the amount of anxiety I had in me as I was doing this thing that I'd never done before. Yeah. That I was, you know, it was like my, I get brain fog. I'm trying mm -hmm. to figure stuff out which, you know, clearly I'm pretty good at. I've run a business for 26 years. I'm, you know, what have you. But in those moments, I felt my stress level was really elevated. And mm -hmm. I had to really like, whoa, <laughs> this is not the end of the world here. I'm just doing something. Even if it doesn't work, I'll, I can figure something else out. But, you know, this going into the unknown, doing some, something I haven't done mm -hmm. before, yeah. Uh, around COVID, which is so loaded these days, I was like, holy cow, I'm, I'm stressed. Well, and I think and there was probably a fear too, right? If you mess things up, you might not be able to go on this trip. <laughs> and that would really suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so even when you've done a lot of work around it, these things still rise up in the body. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I deal with it better now than I did five or 10 or 20 years ago or, mm -hmm. or but you know i'm still human yeah no it's just like and so we I, th I think what you're doing which is talking about uh how you talk to yourself that makes such a big difference whether uh it's about positive sort of self-talk or um a lot of people find taking the time to write down a few things that they're grateful for every morning. Yep. It connects us to something bigger. We have to use our intelligence to, to figure it out and we have to be connected to our heart. Yeah. And so for doing things that, uh, that encourage this within us, Hey, and it's just, it's just that the world is better off with more people doing that. Absolutely. In, in my opinion, anyway. No, I agree with you 100%. And I think it's really about reframing, right? And I've done that whole gratitude journal thing too. And it, it shifted my mindset significantly. And it, it actually made a huge difference because, you know, now instead of picking up on the negativity around you, you're programming your brain to pick it up on the positivity. And that alone, like uh, as we mentioned earlier, starting your day off that way 
just picking up on positivity or even speaking to yourself positively sets the stage for your entire day or your week. Um, and, and if you do that on a consistent basis, you're only setting yourself up for success. And when those low points happen during the day, you're able to, instead of sit in that shame, you're able to like get out of it really quickly and move on. Well, and, and it's, uh, it's expansive, right? Yes. So it's not just being about being positive. It's about opening up to all the possibilities that are in front of you. Absolutely. In a, in a, in a healthy way. And, and I think uh, being really connected to our own physiology, like being aware of what's happening in your body and practicing just, you know, doing things like yoga and stretching and mm -hmm. what have you. So we actually physically open up the body. Yeah. So, because all of these things are, uh, you know, overlap, they're all working together. Yeah. And we want to be open, open up so that we're taking our time responding to the difficulties in life and we become better listeners. And when people do that, they, you know, the relationships around them generally improve. And that leads to more success at home, more success in, in business and whatever you do. Mm -hmm. and, and as a boy growing up, I didn't get taught how to have healthy relationships. Yeah, yeah. Like my, my parents did not have a healthy relationship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> when, you're, when, when you guys graduate from high school, I'm divorcing him. That's not really like, yeah, yeah. And I have an, and I have an older brother um, who the day after his youngest graduated from high school, he moved out. Yeah. And I, and I, and I said to him, I don't have any fear. He'll never listen to any of this. Um, I said to him, so, you know, what was it like when you, when you moved out? Like, you know, it must have been hard knowing that your kids are having a hard time yeah. and any, and, and you know, how are you feeling? He goes, I feel great. I feel fantastic. And, you know, do you think the fact that mom said this and that you left like the day yeah. after your youngest graduated, do you think that has any yeah. role to play here? He's like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm not there to argue with them right? right i'm just like throwing out a suggestion yeah and it's like well you know it's like it's okay that he's not open to that idea right i'm i'm not attached to it being right do i believe it yes absolutely yeah. i yeah. believe that that has an impact and you can see it all over families yes where similar things happen mm -hmm. i uh I, uh, my, my ex-wife, her mother got pregnant at 16 with her. It wasn't a planned thing. Uh, and my mom also, I didn't learn this till I was 40, also got pregnant at 16. And, you know, so she and I were drawn together, mm -hmm. not in a healthy way, but yeah. we were drawn together. Yeah. And those types of stories 
happened throughout lots of families. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's a separate topic on its own, but generational trauma is real. And if you don't do the work or heal it, it just carries on. And like, you know, in the story you mentioned about your brother, too, he's probably carried that dialogue his whole life. And he eventually ended up living it out. Um, and, and obviously, he's not aware of it. And most people aren't, you know, they repeat the same patterns, uh, seldom really paying attention to it, right? So it's, it's uncomfortable stuff to look at. Yeah, yeah. But Alistair, I, again, I want to thank you so much for your time and having this conversation with me. And I'm sure you've got lots to do before you take off tomorrow. But um, yeah. Just before we end, um, you know, I know you mentioned your website and your Instagram page, but for listeners who want to find you, uh, do you mind sharing some of the ways that they can reach out to you, whether it's even uh, joining some of your group sessions? What are some of the best? Yeah, ways? well, you know, we start groups every four weeks and uh, you can attend from anywhere where in the world that has a good internet connection. And uh, angerman.ca or angerman.online. Uh, the women's one is uh, healinganger.ca. Uh, we have a book titled Lose Your Temper for Men or Healing Anger for Women, which is available through uh, the websites on the, the shop page. You can also sign up for the groups on the shop page and Moose Anger Management on Instagram, on Facebook, lose your temper on Twitter, <laughs> um, uh, what, what, what have you. And, and I answer my phone. So my phone is, is, is all over the place. If you go to the website, it's, yeah. it's, it's there. If you have any questions at all, phone, text, email, um, happy to talk with people about this. And uh, thank you for the conversation today. Yeah, I know you're, you're welcome. I really enjoyed it. And I hope listeners can get something out of it and you know it was a topic I wanted to cover and when I thought about it you're the first person that jumped to mind so mm, I'm glad you yeah. were able to make yourself available yeah pleasure 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 is all mine so thank you thank you yeah thank you for tuning in to another episode as always please subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the episodes or leave a comment in the comment section I always love hearing from you thank you again and until next week